Hello, all, and welcome to the Blue Diamond. This is Adre with something to say. And today I have something to say about fighting. Fighting. Is it ever okay to fight or is it just straight up ghetto? And before I jump into the topic, I want to introduce my guests. If you are a longtime listener or even if you just started listening, you may have heard some of these guests before because they were gracious enough to return to another episode of the Blue Diamond. So first we have my number one person on the planet, my mother, DK. Good morning, Diane Kelly, Western University, retired after 42 years. And next we have my dear friend, Tammy. Hi, I'm from um, North Carolina, retired middle school math teacher, 32 years, and it's good to be back. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you here. And we do have one other guest who's going to be joining us shortly. So when she um, joins us, we'll just continue on with the, um, the conversation. So as I mentioned, the topic today is about fighting. And before I have my guests say something, I want to talk about what um, this topic is born out of. So I used to be part of a Facebook group uh, for natural hair. And this young lady, 27 years old, posted a picture of herself uh, with a, a ball spot, a clean ball spot in her head. And she said that she had gotten into a fight and the hair in that area was pulled out. And she uh, was looking for advice in this natural hair group on how to get her hair to grow back. And instead of giving her advice on how to grow her hair back, everyone attacked her about why she was fighting. Why were you fighting? You're too old for that. You must be ghetto. This is ridiculous. I mean, she just, I just really felt bad for her because that's not why she went on there. It's a natural hair group. And she was really just seeking advice. So um, I went on and I commented that this young lady is looking for advice in all of us older women, instead of giving her advice on what to do with her hair, were criticizing her and calling her ghetto for fighting without even understanding what the circumstances were. And some people were like, well, it's never okay to fight. It's always ghetto to fight. And someone else said, well, she shouldn't have um, said why she was, why she lost her hair. She could have simply asked for advice. And so she went on there. She thanked me for defending her. And then she said the reason why she mentioned that she was fighting was because hair comes out for different reasons. And therefore, you have to generate growth for different reasons and in different ways. And she didn't want anybody to think that she had alopecia or that she had um, gone through a lot of stress. She wanted people to know the reason the hair came out because they that may alter their advice. So, you know, from there, and I was really trying to understand why these people were getting her the way they were, because it was really, you know, the circumstances of her fighting and one woman wanted to say, well, I'm sure she lost and she must have got her butt whooped and all of that. All of that was irrelevant. And it really got me thinking, is there ever a situation when fighting is okay or is it always ghetto? So this is um, very different than tit for tat or revenge because now we're talking about it could be a situation where you're simply defending yourself. Um, but before I um, ask any of the guests to speak, I'm going to have our guest who just joined us, Greta, introduce herself. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Wonderful. Hi, I am Greta. I'm a nurse practitioner um, in hospital medicine, St. Mary's, counting the days down until I can retire. All right. And you <laughs> are calling in from Meriden, Connecticut, correct? I am. All right. Okay. So I'm going to start with uh, DK and your thoughts on 
is it ever okay to fight or is it always ghetto? All right, I'm glad we're starting with me because my question, I guess my reaction is, why is it when you fight, it's ghetto? If any other race fights, is that ghetto also? And um, I mean, why do we look at it as that um, it's a ghetto function? The right place, the right time, anything can happen. I myself, yes, will fight. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm 70 years old. And yes, I believe in protecting myself. If you do anything to my kids or my grandkids, you're going down. <laughs> now, I'm not saying I'm Muhammad Ali and I'm running out looking for a fight. But yes, I will protect myself. In the young girl's case, it could have been a lot of scenarios going on there. First of all, you know, you have these men out there and you're dating them. And all of a sudden, the wife finds out. She comes while you guys are having dinner. You didn't even know he had a wife. He's already proposed to marry you. And she grabs your hand and pulls it out. You don't even know what's happening. We don't know what the young girl's situation was. But the first thing people want to do is jump on calling it ghetto. Right. Why is it ghetto? And why is it ghetto if you're, you're protecting yourself? There was another incident where lately this, this, this five-year-old or the age could be wrong, but they had gone to school and had to go to the bathroom. And because the toilet was stopped up, the teacher decided to make him clean it with his hands. He had pooped in the toilet. Now, if that had been me in my case, I would have gone back and not only would I have bought a load of poop in, I would have rubbed it all over her face, oh, which Lord. you know what's going to happen. Now we're going to fight. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to always win, but I'm always going to protect what's mine. And I think it's just an animal instinct that we have. We're all still animals, but we all have that animal instinct. And no one is going to run over me. I'm not going out looking for a fight, but I will protect myself and I will protect what's mine. And that's my, my input on it. Okay, anybody want to chime in? I do. Uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Greta. No, no, go ahead. Uh, I I just want so to just say that I agree with you, Diane. That um, why do we have to call it ghetto? I think we need to um, we need to stop and question ourselves on that because yes. mm -hmm. we what are we saying about ourselves? Right. Because because everybody everybody fights exactly. And and when you look at nations, I mean, mm -hmm. people are at war all the time. Mm -hmm. So is is that ghetto? Um, and, and they have a whole lot more resources and um, things to lose than, you know, just individual people. So I think we definitely need to watch our language around um, the action because um, exactly. we put ourselves, we put ourselves down and um, we, we just need to be aware. We need to be aware of that. I don't think we even think about it, um, obviously. And um, <laughs> in, in this situation, and I, I love the way Diane made up a story to go along with it. She's already decided what the scenario could be and put it um, put it in place. So thank you for, because you can't say that, you know, you're sitting at dinner with someone who you thought was being on the up and up with you. And next thing you know, you got to, you know, a big, your hair is being snatched out of your head. So right. I think most of us are getting up to fight on that, you know, there you go. Um, if, you know, there's definitely something's going to happen. It's something, it would be hard for most people to sit through that. Um, going out looking for a fight. I mean, I've seen um, one thing that that I came into contact with in the last couple of years was a, a girlfriend of a girlfriend of mine had a daughter who was in um, high school and she had a video of her daughter fighting on her phone and was like showing it to us when we were all gathered together with this. And I mean, you would have thought the little girl was Muhammad Ali fighting and that maybe she was in the ring and had won some money for it. She was so proud of her daughter fighting this girl. And she was telling us like, yeah, you know, she, 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 so she, she walked up on her and then she, you know, nobody messes with her. I got another one. And, you know, and it was like, it, this, this wasn't the only time she'd done this. And she was such a, I mean, she's a beautiful girl. Um, she wasn't like training for to fight or anything like that. 
so that surprised me. I will say that is not, you know, I'm all for, I'm sitting down, someone um, approaches me in that kind of way. I'm definitely coming back at you. Um, I'm going to try my best to, to talk out the situation, but in most cases, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but to go out looking for a fight, I, I just, I, I can't jump on board with that ever. So. No, but a fight will sometimes find you. Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree with um, DK. I am not one to look for a fight. I, I am the least person. As a matter of fact, I've had one throwdown fight in my life. But for those who know me, I am all about self-defense. I am all about taking care of me and taking care of those around me. The only problem is if you're not someone who's a fighter and you're with people who um, they will cut you. I mean, not just cut you, but fight you and leave your body and step over it and just go on about their day. I have learned those people are the ones you least expect them to be. And my story is for my birthday, I made a reservation at a hotel and um, I called and said we were going to be late because I was at a party. And so the, the gentleman who the call went to his cell phone, no business decorum whatsoever, uh, texted me and said, you need to be in this room or you're not going to have the room. Then he called me. Long story short, he started to threaten me. And my mother-in-law, who's 74, you look at her, you would not think this would come from her mouth. She's an older white woman from Cheshire. She looked at me and said, you better handle that. And I was like, wait, what? And the instinct to protect me to self-defense, thinking, okay, my husband's 6'2", but I got to protect him too because the gentleman said, I know where you live. It just kicked in. And then as I'm outside, I'm like, okay, well, I know where your hotel is. I'm not looking for a fight, but you're right. You do know my address. And people who were walking by, again, least expected it. Do you need any help? Can I help you? So when we say it's fighting ghetto, no, it's not. It is a basic human need to survive, or as my favorite saying is, get before you get caught. Yeah, I understand that. So <laughs> I, I want to um, circle back for a moment um, to DK's comment about why is it ghetto? Why are we using that term? And I'm so glad that you brought that up, DK, because I saw a statement on Facebook that said, you cannot be pro-Black and hate ghetto people. So I replied and said, all of these years, I wasn't equating ghetto to Black. Because no, no. I know plenty of people who are ghetto who are not Black. You know, but so many um, Black folks, you know, are our people, you know, unfortunately have taken that word to mean black and you know well you know that leads into a whole nother discussion um which you know i'll have i actually have scheduled for another episode but i just wanted to make note <laughs> of that you know being black doesn't mean being ghetto being ghetto doesn't mean being black they, they are not one and the same However, like, yeah. like you say, Tammy, we have to be careful about the language that we use. In, yeah. this, in this Facebook post that I originally talked about, all of the women who were coming for this young lady used that term. They called her ghetto without knowing any details. And I agree with you, Tammy. I, I like how DK has given us, you know, a scenario. <laughs> you know, I mean, one of the things that the young lady did say was that she did not throw the first punch. And I know sometimes, you know, um, we, we use that. We'll say, you know, well, I, I didn't throw the first punch. You don't have to throw the first punch, though, to start a fight there are many ways to antagonize a person to the point where they put their hands on you and i know we we we've all been taught it's never okay 
to put your hands on someone. But I have seen some scenarios. I've witnessed some scenarios where I'm like, <laughs> if that person does not close their mouth right now, mm-hmm. they're going to get hit in it. You know, yeah, and I'm a, I'm a bystander. And I've seen them get hit in the mouth. Now, one <laughs> thing I will say about some of us Black folks, we don't play about our mama or our daddy. <laughs> I mean, y'all know. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. You don't, we don't mm-hmm. play about that. So if you're speaking to someone and someone is saying something negative about your mama, we all know that's off limits. We, <laughs> we do, but we play, mean. but we play your mama jokes all the time. I'm not talking about shooting the dozens. Well, that, shoot that happens. That that is true. Play right. And you will say something about somebody's mama, and we know it's all in jest and part of shooting the dozens. I'm talking about when you are in an argument with someone and someone is trying to goat you. Yes, goat you, yes. Antagonize <laughs> you and, and they, they're trying to, you know, um, purposely be disrespectful. They are not trying to elicit any um, giggles. This is kind of when you're when you're looking to be a bully and they're going to dig deep down as far as they can go to try to hurt you or try to embarrass you. So it's not quite the same thing as, well, it's nothing the same as shooting a breeze. Because, you know, we've all done that. But when you're doing this on purpose to try to, to, to cut me in a way with your words, then that's a whole different story. Yeah, and I think part of the, I'm, I'm going to um, play a little bit of devil's advocate here as the hostess, right? So being an educator, one thing I know is that parents teach their children to defend themselves. They teach their children um, to not allow anyone to walk over them. Um, And not all parents, but a lot of parents. And they they teach their um, children to to defend themselves. Somebody put their hands on you, you put your hands on them. Then they come into the classroom or they come into the school building or they come into Um, You know, I directed three boys and girls clubs. They come into the boys and girls club and someone puts their hands on the child and the child's instinct, it's a hit back. And I, as as a a staff person or director or a substitute teacher, whatever the case may be, I have to be the one to then tell that child that that's not okay. That you cannot, you cannot hit back. You know, we, those of us and, and Tammy, you I, I would love to hear your perspective on this as being as you, you know, you were a teacher for 32 years. Yeah. You know, we yeah. Teach children not to fight, that fighting is never okay, and that they should always try to use their words or seek help from a staff member. Yeah, Nobody we do. That is what we that, teach that that they've been taught the opposite at home and it's some, you know. Some teachers who are parents are teaching their kids the opposite of what they're teaching their students. That is that is true. But in a school situation, if you told kids to, if everybody's allowed to fight back, we've got mayhem. Right. Here's the thing. You, you, we will tell you, you should not hit back. And your parents will tell you um, that, you know, if somebody hits you, you go for it. Right. And so there are consequences. So you can hit back. And if you do, you will, you know, there'll be a consequence from school. And that's just how it has to be in order to maintain a school setting. Um, you, you know, if everybody's is tit for tat, shall we say, he hit me, so I hit him back. So everything is good. Um, we're going to be missing a, a big part of while we're at school, which is, you know, to learn and to educate. Um, and I think before that too, we, you know, it's a thing of trying to get kids to um, learn how to, have conflict resolution, how to talk, how to, like you said, use their words. And, you know, and those are, those are children and we are in the training. We're trying to, um, to teach them and they are going to hit one another and somebody's going to hit back and, um, you know, and hopefully they won't be hurt too bad. And that's a learning thing. And, and sometimes, you know, you're like, well, I got suspended, but it was worth it because I wasn't going down like that. And that's a lesson in life too. Um, right, and on right. the other hand, you know, it's the thing of like, 
I wish I just walked away. You know, I could have taken a punch, but then I got suspended and that led to other consequences or whatever. So, um, you know, it's choices. And I think um, that learning that, 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 that often is the big difference between um, whether or not, you know, being, you got to learn not to be a hothead in every situation, because that is, will probably not serve you well in the long run if that is your only go-to for whatever situation is coming your way, um, where it's like fighting, you know, because, you know, it's a thing of like, you might not fight, but there are times when you're going to want to tell somebody who has authority over you give them a piece of your mind or maybe punch them in the nose, but you, you might, you might think that that's not the right, the best way to go. (laughs) That may not serve you well. It will feel good in the moment, but it's not going to serve you well in the long run. Well, um, you know, you talk about conflict, you know, resolution and learning how to compromise and communicate properly. And those are, you know, skills that those of us who have been in the education field, you know, we, have those skills so that we can teach them to children I often found myself depending on the type of parent that I was dealing with I was Mm -hmm. in complete conflict um, with the parent and that was very confusing for the child and it made it difficult for me to do my job because my ultimate responsibility is everybody's safety so of course, I can't have fighting and hitting back and all of that. Um, but then mm-hmm. I can remember one particular situation where one kid hit another and the kid that got hit did not hit back. And um, so the kid that did the hitting, you know, he got in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the parent of the child who did not hit back that child got in trouble at home. That child didn't get in trouble with me, but that child got in trouble at home for not defending himself. And it ended up being a conflict, not inside of my club, but on the um, the football field because mm-hmm. the um, parents, um, the two boys are both football players on the same team. And so the mothers ended up fighting in um at the practice oh my the mother whose child did not hit back was very very upset and and then wanted to have um a discussion with me and it's like tammy said i told her i can't have chaos inside of the club i can't tell kids that it's okay to hit back you know it's something that would cause complete chaos here so I found myself in conflict with, with parents sometimes who didn't understand that I was really trying to teach their children uh, a, a life skill. And I'd even said to a couple of parents, I'm telling your kids, learn the lesson now. Learn a lesson in here in the club in a safe environment. Because if you learn that lesson on the street, it could mean either jail or death. When you bought up I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was thinking when um, Andrea bought up this topic, there was a skit on In Living Color called When Keeping It Real Goes Too Far. And I don't know if you guys remember it. It was showing that there was a character where everything she did, she had to keep it real. So if someone was going to hit her, she hit them back. And to, to make a long story short, it showed at the end where she ended up in jail for the rest of her life for hitting someone and, you know, inadvertently killing them. And I remember thinking, this is a life skill that we should show our children at home. And immediately my sister said, why would you do that? She goes, because then your children will never understand they're bullies. And if you keep letting them get away with, with hitting them, they're just going to keep coming after your child. And I was so torn. And it's so interesting to hear it from an educator's perspective of how easily you can be torn by doing the right thing, but also wanting your child to be safe. And I'm going to jump on that bandwagon. Um, 
I understand we want to keep our kids safe, but we also have to be realistic. We have parents that are bullies. Yes. Who have also now taught the, their children to be bullies. Yes. And they're going to bully you. And because their parents have taught them, you have to be a bully. They've grown up probably being bullies themselves. They're still bullies. The kids are bullies. And then now they're coming to attack your kid. And I don't, I'm not saying that I think that the woman was right to come and fight the other woman. However, I can understand where she was coming from, considering she had kind of told her kid to fight. The kid didn't want to fight. I can understand that. But are you going to now let this child, because um, the child's going to bully your kid and the mother's telling the, uh, the, the kid that it's okay and she's a bully too. Where do you draw that line? Where's that? Li where do you draw that line? What happens? You continue to tolerate it, or you tend to, you know, take it into your own hands. You know, I, I understand that situation. It is, yeah, it is. I will. It is. I will. I will come short of saying never. I will never fight a parent, another parent, because of some kid stuff. <laughs> that mm. is. And that and that is me. I will. That okay, so is not. That is not my plan. You will not find this. me doing that. Is this is what I'm saying, Diane? We will mm -hmm. not. I will not agree with you on that. Okay. I am not going to be the parent fighting at the um, game because my mm -hmm. child did not hit another child back. We are taking our ball. We are taking our stuff, and we are going home. That is okay. I, will, I have. I done. have a question for you. What is the difference between you sitting at a table, like the original scenario that DK gave, you sitting at a table with someone and someone comes up behind you and tries to snatch your hair out, out your head, and you sitting in a camping chair on the um, football, you know, football sideline and a parent coming up to you and trying to snatch your hair out of your head. Because you see, that is what, that, well, the parent whose child did not hit back, she assaulted the parent of the other child. Right. And so she was that, the, she, so yeah. that parent, that parent defended herself. I also had a, a scenario where um, these two sisters, there, there were four girls, two sets of sisters. And um the older sister, no, I'm just going to give fake names to make it easier. Becky, Susie, Jenny, and Laura. Okay, so Becky and Susie are sisters. Jenny and Laura are sisters. So Becky and Laura fight. And then the other two sisters jump in to defend. The, each one wants to defend her sister. All right, so you got these four girls brawling, right? I get it all broken up, settled. This is a real scenario that happened. Got it all settled called the parents in because now I've got to suspend these girls. So I called in the two mothers and one mother, she really just wants to talk this out. The other mother came in beating her chest and talking loud. So they came in with a uh, different um, attitude, different, different plans. Well, the parent who came in beating her chest and talking loud when they got into the parking lot just hauled off and slapped the taste out the other mother's mouth. The mother who just wanted to talk slapped the taste out of her mouth. So next thing I know, the, the mother who wanted to just talk, she's fighting. You know, she's fighting. Uh, this woman just slapped the taste out of her mouth in front of her two daughters. Now, I don't know what was going through this woman's head. It might have just been instinct. Okay, somebody knocked the hell out of me. So now I got to fight. And it also could have been, oh, I got to save face in front of all of these kids. But next thing I know, the, the women were fighting in my parking lot. I ran out there, got one of my um, male staff to go out there to try to break it up. And then I had to extend the suspension of the children because that's that was one of our policies because it has happened before, if parents fight on the property, the students get suspended because you can't oh, my Lord. suspend the parent. Oh, my Lord. You know, but we also know that, I mean, it's a, con it's a consequence of their action. And we know that 
when the child is suspended, it's really the parent that has to deal with the consequence because now you got to find childcare. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I I know I said a whole lot, and really I was mm-hmm. asking Tammy a question because she said she would never be the parent to fight a parent over some kid stuff. But but what do you do just, in a situation when somebody walks up to you and knocks the hell out of you? That. I think there's two, there's two different scenarios going on um, in my, the way I see it. Um, number one, the woman coming in angry, she beating her chest. I'm walking out of the room facing her, you know, making sure I'm covering myself. I'm leaving the situation. And I say short of never, cause I will, you know, you never say what you're gonna do. Somebody slapped me in my face. I'm coming back at you more than likely, okay? And number two, it's time to, and I hate to say this, but now it's time to call the police because I'm done. I'm, I, I, I can't, I don't, I just don't, I don't surround myself in that type of situation. I don't move towards that kind of energy. I come to talk about it. If we can't talk about it, if we can't agree as adults that this is some kid stuff, we need to walk away. I don't need to go to the football game. So if I know that my child's been at school and has had a fight with someone, that they are um, in, you know, you, we, we keep bringing it to bully situation. Um, a fight in a bully situation, that's enough. Those are two different You're things different. as well. Yeah, they yeah. are different. Yeah. So, you know, but I'm not going to the game because my child didn't hit your child back and getting in your face. That's not what I'm doing. Right. And I would, I don't okay? think, and if I see, and, and, and if I see you, no, right. And if I see so. you coming to me, if you're coming towards me, you can call it what you want. I'm getting in my car and I'm leaving the situation because you're crazy. And this is what, well, no, this is, this is, this is what I'm telling you I'm doing. And my grandmother told me, this is what my grandmother said. When you see crazy coming, you get on the other side of the street. You know, crazy coming your way. Why are you going to sit there and try to fix crazy? That's not right. even possible. It, that, that person's got some deep seated issues that you cannot fix. And do you think having a fight with them is going to fix that? That's ridiculous. I am not getting my hair pulled out and going to be on Facebook talking, asking people for advice on how to get it put back in because I had a fight with somebody that's a fool. Not doing that. And as an adult, no, you're not. I'm never going to, like you said, I will say never. I am never going to go after a grown woman to fight for something that uh, that children can handle. Just it's not it's not who I am. But there are certain situations where crazy will find you like I another absolute never in my life was I will never fight a woman over a man. That's one hundred and fifty percent absolute never. Now, with that being said, there are two things that did happen. The first one is if you are someone who are in, who's in a relationship and that man has told that woman clearly multiple times to, I'm not interested, I'm not interested, and she still pursues, what do you do then? Well, I can tell you what would happen. My brother had an affinity for attracting crazy. So my brother lived with me for a while, and the women who he dated, I didn't know all of them, but I'm outside, you know, being a happy little camper in my garden, and this car kept driving by. And this girl gets out of the car, and she says to me, you're standing in the way of my man. It's time for this to be over. That was crazy. I had nowhere to go. <laughs> I was at home. But here's the thing is when it's that kind of crazy, I don't like fighting because you really never know what's going on with the other person. I didn't even have a chance to do anything because I had a cousin over who was bipolar and just fighting was her life. It was everything <laughs> that was good and wholesome. So before I could even turn around, she flew out the door And the next thing I know, the girl was on the ground. And then my cousin says, by the way, that's her sister. And I remember thinking, if she did not come out the house, yeah, I would not have just been sitting there saying, let's talk it out. Because now I'm at risk. And it wasn't about fighting over a man. It was about the fact of, one, that's my brother. And two, you do not understand. I was dealing with some um, PTSD myself. That's why I don't like fighting. Because (laughs) I'm around people who literally black out. They don't bother mm-hmm. anyone. And you know what I'm talking about, Monique, um, my, my favorite person who's my cousin, she's the kindest person in the world. 
She would never touch anyone. However, if you if you come after anyone she loves, especially her two boys, she blacks out. Like literally, I've seen a fight where the, the person was decimated, just decimated, and she didn't remember any of it. Mm. But the person who she fought was trying to pull out a knife on her two boys and try to put them in a van. So it was warranted. Mm. Oh. I didn't have a chance to say or do anything. So that's why I say you don't, I don't like fighting because I have learned the person who you are trying to keep it real with for a minute, you have no idea what they're going through. So that could be a two second fight for you, but there are some things worse than death, like being alive and maimed and in constant pain for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. DK, you wanted to say something? I want to say something, and I'm not trying to get anybody, first of all, to agree with what I'm saying, because we all are adults, and we have to think what's best for us. Uh, I want to go back to not fighting the parent at a game. I mm -hmm. have been to a game that I wasn't involved in now, but I was at a game. The, the kid uh, kept bullying the other kid. So then the mother decided she was going to bully the same kid's mother. Oh, good God. The mother wasn't even trying to, uh, uh, you know, start anything. She didn't want to be bothered. Her, she was was kind of basically letting her, because the kid had been taught not to fight. The mother was not going to fight, but the bully was going to keep on. And not only that, the parent was going to keep on. So then, the, of course, the... Um, Ruffrey wasn't doing too much of anything, was just saying, you know, stop, stop. But he wasn't really saying, if you don't stop, we're going to throw you butt, your butt out of here. Then the, um, the mother of the bully, who was a bully herself, was telling the, the other mother, your kid is just a punk, and he shouldn't be playing, and yada, yada, yada. She hauls off and hits the, the woman, who was actually not even trying to get involved in it. So I think it's very easy to say you won't do something when somebody's coming after you, and you're actually trying to get away from it. You're trying to uh, 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 keep the peace. I have seen when I was growing up, not as an adult, but people try to walk away and a person just going to run behind you and fight you regardless. I saw that happen. Now they're jumping yeah. you on your back. Well, I'm walking away yeah, from I this, saw that. <laughs> but I'm going to beat your butt anyway. You may walk away, but I'm going to get you anyway. So I think it's very easy to say, well, I'm just going to walk away. You may not always get that chance to walk away, depending on what kind of crazy is following you. Yeah, I, I actually, and it's so funny that this happens at games. I was I was at a game where we, uh, there was a father and a coach, and they got into it. And so the father decided to uh, get in his car and leave. The coach followed him into the parking lot. And then the coach also started throwing stuff mm -hmm. at the father's car. Mm -hmm. The coach. Right. Mm -hmm. crazy. That is, that is especially that, that you like you say, Tammy, you want to get away from crazy. In this situation, the father was trying to get away from crazy and crazy crazy was following him. Right. Your what did you say, Greta? Sometimes crazy will find you. Oh, yeah. crazy will find you. That's why you there's nothing, nothing wrong with defending yourself. And I'm sure Tammy will agree. She's going to defend herself if she needs to. But right. I don't want to be the antagonist. I'm not going to be right. the antagonist. I oh, used to be no. the player, but I will defend myself. And that's not ghetto. That's just survival of the yourself. No, survival of yeah. the fitted. Right. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I think, uh, you know, that was, again, why I even posed this question. Again, because of the reactions um, to this young woman's statement about having gotten into a fight and everyone calling her ghetto. And I'm like, geez, you know, I just have seen too many situations in my life where people <clears throat> have gotten into fights and it had nothing to do with being ghetto. No, nothing, nothing to, you know, you, you were defending yourself or you had just gotten to the point where you couldn't control your actions. And, and, right, I'll, and I'll, I think, you know, I think sometimes too, okay, sometimes we just snap off. You know, but yeah, that right. is not my intention. <laughs> no. That is not my, you know, that is it's not my intention. And is that's why I'm trying to keep my, right. I'm keeping myself yes. out of situations where that might happen. 
So I know if the inner, and you know, you can never, and I, again, I will, I'm, I'm not using the word never. I'm saying it is never my intention. Right. I do, yes. I do not go out with that in my mind. No. I'm always trying to think of another way to um, get out of the situation. Um, but also just, I don't keep that kind of energy around me. I don't keep it in me. I don't, it's not in my vortex. It's not something I'm thinking about. So that is the other case too. And I think what Greta said, you know, there's something worse than, um, you know, if a lot of this is pride. You're not going to hit me and, and people see it and, and get away with it. Well, you know, hit me and get away with it. I'd rather not have a big old bruise or be maimed or have just the, that kind of negative energy or, you know, all that police involvement or whatever has to happen then um, to get my chance to hit you back. But that's, you know, that's coming from me. Um, well, you know, I just so, want to say this. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Finish. I'm sorry. No. So, um, you know, what might, what, what might snap off and happen is one thing. To me, you know that your children have had trouble at school. You know how this person, you know, you and her are not matching up on what you think is right or what should be done. And then you go and put yourself in a situation to be in a, um, at a game in a high, you know, high stress situation with someone that, that you could have a fight with. But how do you, me, how do you, know, you know that? Yeah. I mean, really, uh, I mean, let, how let, do let's, I know let's, that? Cause my child had a fight with the woman at the, mm -hmm. um, at the boys and girls center. No, I'm talking about um, the situation yeah. that I, the scenario that I gave. Well, it's not a scenario. This was, this was, this really happened. Now what, with the with the parents oh, and the, the four girls? No, no. I'm talking okay. about the game. So let's let's say <laughs> <Okay>. let's <laughs> let's just say, Tammy, that your child hits Greta's child. Okay. These, you know, obviously this is fake. Um, your child hits Greta's child, right? Mm -hmm. Greta's child does not hit your child back. Mm -hmm. All right. You don't you haven't had any communication with Greta at all. You've only communicated with me as a director of Boys and Girls Club. And I've told you that, you know, this is your child's consequence because your child hit a child. Now, at Boys and Girls Club, when I wrote an incident report, I was never able to give another child's name. I know children talk, but you're not going to get it from me, right? So mm -hmm. when you come in and I say your child hit another child, here's the write-up, and this is your child's consequence, Right. Mm -hmm. That this is mm -hmm. really what happened. Now, later on that evening, you go to football practice. You take your child to football practice. How are you to know how angry Greta is? You, you, you know, you're not going to know how angry Greta is. You have no idea but that by taking your child to football practice, that Greta is going to come and attack you. So this woman. You know, and I'm, the reason why I'm saying this is because you were saying that you don't you don't want to put yourself in a situation. I don't. By going but here's the other thing: okay, you don't even you, know. I don't know, no, but you. Not, I pick my child up from you. You tell right. me my child is suspended for hitting a kid. Is that what you right. said? Yeah. I I talked to my child. We're probably not going to football practice. Nope. I was this just going to say that. Tammy, this is Tammy. This is Tammy parenting. Parenting. <laughs> not you going. got suspended from the boys and girls club. You will not be sent football no. practice, and not you hit thing. another child. And I'm asking, okay, what, you know, what happened? So I'm finding out that who, trying to get some information on who it was that you hit, you get suspended. And I'm asking my kid, did the other kid get suspended? So the other kid didn't get suspended, but you got suspended? So you just hit somebody for no, for what? What is going on? So that's, that's how I'm trying works. to but, I mean, handle that, 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 that situation. Was, in that so. situation, that's what happened. Yeah, you know, so, so I see play, what you're saying. Yeah, your, your child might be on punishment anyway because he just hauled off and hit somebody with no reason. So he's not going to football practice. Yeah, but you have to look at this scenario too. Andrew's kid hit my kid. Okay, so Andrew's kid got suspended. My kid didn't. But now I'm bad because um, what am I saying? Your kid hit my no, my my, my kid hit your kid. Okay, all right. So now. Uh, your kid didn't get suspended, but mine did. Even though my kid was wrong. Yeah. My kid was 100% wrong for hitting your kid. Yeah. But I'm a bully, and I'm pissed off now because my kid got suspended, 
and, and your kid didn't get suspended because he didn't do anything. I'm a bully. When I go to the game, my kids say, that's the kid that got me suspended. And I'm going to go over to that mother because I'm a bully. And I'm going to say, um, so your kid. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Kid, and I, now my kid got suspended because of your kid. I, but my kid was really the one that was wrong. Right. Okay. Now I'm going to jump on you because I'm mad. Yeah, that and that is not what happened in this situation. But I could see something. I could definitely see something like that happening. Right. Um, knowing the parents, some of the parents that that I dealt with in the past, you know, I I could I could see that happening. So that would be a situation where you know, Tammy, you, your child got hit but didn't do anything wrong, didn't get suspended. You may or may not. I don't know. You may you may still say, oh, somebody hit you today. We're not going to football practice. You got to go back in public sooner or later and the kids going to jump him again, maybe. Yeah. It's it's just, uh, I mean, we can throw scenarios out all day. I think that, I think one of the things that we're all in agreement with is, number one. Self-preservation. Yes, yeah, self-preservation. Number two, we got to stop using, we, we throw out the word ghetto so, uh, so often but we always use it to define something that happens in the African-American community. Right. Which is, yeah. I think we need to look at the, the definition of that word, which is like a exactly. poor community yeah. or, you know, where poverty exists or something to that. Effect. And I yeah. also think that we also all realize that there are situations where someone could just snap, just like Tammy said. And, you know, I mentioned it, I think it's a, TV show called Snap or something like that, and, and uh, you know, Greta can Greta can definitely attest to me snapping um, because I'm not in I'm not in jail right now because of Greta. You know, I had just um, had two surgeries, and I was miserable. Um, I was in menopause. I I'm still in menopause, but. Um, my symptoms were really, really, really bad. And I was on the verge of thinking that I, I was just going crazy. I was like, boy, I can't believe how different the female body functions without estrogen. And I was having a hard time dealing with it. So I went to the gynecologist and I told him what I was going through. And he told me that it was all in my head. Now, first of all, that is a strange reaction, you know, from a gynecologist. You, you know what menopause is. But I don't know, maybe it's because he was a man or whatever. But um, yeah, he told me it was all in my head and I snapped. I absolutely snapped. I was enraged. I left, <laughs> the, um, I left his office and I went and got in my car. And this, I, when I walked in there, I walked in with a sense uh, I'm sorry. Okay, because this is the reason that I might fight. I might just oh. snap off. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Did I just? I might just. Uh, this is Tammy. She just I might just have to go find. I might just she said that's the reason why she fights. Oh, yes. I've said this yes. many times over now, the years. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you what ended up happening. I was I was so angry. Now, mind you, I walked into the doctor's office with hope. So I was not, you know, I know um, Timmy was talking about energy before. I wasn't carrying any kind of negative energy. I'm like, okay, I can't deal with this anymore. I got myself an appointment. Now I can talk to somebody who can help me. So I mm -hmm. walked in there with a sense of hope walked mm -hmm. out with a sense of rage because I had all of these things going on with my body. And at 37 years old, going through menopause, I only know, I only knew of two things, mood swings and night sweat. I mean, I mean, mood swings and hot flashes. I didn't know that there were other menopausal symptoms. Like for instance, I didn't even know that night sweats was a thing along with a whole bunch of other stuff I didn't know. So I couldn't understand what was going through my body. And this man's going to tell me that it's all in my head. So I got in the car and I called Greta. 
And I was huffing and puffing and Greta knew something was really wrong. I said, Greta, <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting in my car and I'm just going to sit here until my gynecologist gets off of work. And when he gets off of work, I'm going to drive over him with my car. I'm going I'm to hit him with my car. And girl, Greta, Greta, what did you do? I was like, we're not going to do that, Andrea. But do you remember you said, okay, this is when I knew you were, it, it was real. Because you just said, okay, well, I'll just burn the building down. It's only, <laughs> it was creep. it was creepy calm. And I was like, yeah, we can't do that. We absolutely cannot do that. And I wasn't a nurse practitioner yet, but I, I pulled up my books. I'm going through the gynecological section. I was like, we have options. You're like, yes, my option is to eliminate him from this. <laughs> now, see, I wanted to find, I, I'm the I wanted to find that gynecologist and beat the snot out of him for putting you in that predicament where you could have ended up in jail. <laughs> Just not doing a job. Right. Yeah. And then he, yeah. but he finally followed up with it by um, putting me on um, Loestrin 24 and Greta was like, do not take it. Do not take <laughs> it. To kill you. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was just so thrilled to have all the symptoms gone that I took it. And then, you know, ended up having a heart attack. <laughs> that man, that man was the bane of my existence for a long time, you know, but um, Greta talked me down and I did not hit him with my car, or burn down the building. I did not eliminate him from the earth. And, and I don't know where he is today, but I'm, I'm still a free woman. But it, that was a moment when I would have, I snapped. Say it again. I'm sorry. God is blocking you from recalling anything about that man. Yes. Right. I can't even remember his name. Because I was, I took a page from, you know, the other people's book. I was like, well, we have to sue. And I don't say this about professionals, but we have to sue. And you were like, I don't remember his name. And I I said, okay. I I said, that's what I not remember his name. Because I would be talking about suing and did not have DK by my side. So it wouldn't have ended well for him at all. There you go. And I do believe that that is the man that left the surgical staples in my body that I found out about a month, two months ago, maybe. And that surgery was um, in 2007. <laughs> and I found out oh that yeah, found out and about the staples a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. Rather. That's why when people like with for me, when we talk about like when we're talking about ghetto, I was thinking about Elvis Presley singing in the ghetto. And I was like, okay, first of all, that was a bad idea. But then I think about Marvin Gaye talking about ghettos. And ghettos were, the road was really designed for low income housing groups. That's what really a ghetto ghetto was. Like there's a place in Middletown um, and it's a low income housing, they're duplexes. And it's called, it's Rogers Road. But because they look more like duplexes, Instead of subsidized housing, we call it the project, but everywhere else was the ghetto. And growing up, I never understood that it was the literal meaning of the word, not the people who lived in the area. Right. Well, we first heard ghetto when we studied World War II and um, the Jewish people were put in the ghettos, which were a place to hold them until they brought them to the concentration camps. They gathered them all up and put them into the ghetto. That was a location. It was a place. It eventually evolved into um, a behavior or the way that you act. And it, mm-hmm. that's what makes or it so sad for yeah. me when, when, mm-hmm. when um, Black people just equate it to being Black. And then you have yeah. to tell people, yes, I'm black, but I'm not ghetto. That's ridiculous. Well, I've had people <laughs> who I've called ghetto that were not black at all because they those things. I, I'm like, did you grow up in a barn, a barn with no training? <laughs> because really, when you put a group of people together and there's nothing but despair, it's like when I worked in a prison, the mentality of the people in that location changes drastically you are not the same person because you have nothing to inspire you when all around you is oppression and despair. And I think when we see people who just fight because they like fighting and they don't have a mental illness, I've always thought 
when you fight for no reason because that's all you've known, you really have nothing to lose. And I think at the end of the day, I, I see where Tammy is coming from because I'm thinking all of us on this call have a lot to lose if we do something foolish without justification. So that's what stops us from being animals. The thought of higher functioning, if I do this, what is it gonna cost me? What is the what is going to be the reaction of this action? Mm-hmm. Now, if it's someone you're protecting, that goes out the window. Again, that's mm-hmm. that self separate uh, self preservation and defense. Like for me, self defense started when my uncle owned a martial arts studio, and the whole goal in the beginning was learning how not to actually fight. There are other ways mm-hmm. you could destroy people, and you don't even have to touch them. Mental mm-hmm. intimidation is the worst, not without bullying, but there are ways you can get into someone's head and never touch them. And if you think about any of the most famous boxers, famous um, MMA fighters, they always try to get into the person's head because when you fight with emotions, you've already lost. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that because that's what DK says. You hit them on the top of the head and they're like, ooh, they're just out of it. <laughs> Don't know what you go for. You, and you, you, the fight is won. The fight's over. Yes, because they're still, they're still uh, walking around trying to find. Because DK they are. has taught all three of her grandchildren how to fight. I've it's watched. I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> I'm did you beat him up? Everybody. Did you beat him up, DK? Did you beat him up? Like a dog. Like a dog. That's right. But With I mean, three she, legs. she literally showed them how to throw what the moves punch. You got, yeah, you don't want to keep fighting. I ain't right. about to keep fighting. No, she she showed them win on the first punch. Yeah, that's what she teaches. <laughs> she's taught them. Yes, but where to, everyone where to blow. Where to lady blow? Yeah, I mean, you. I think everyone on this, every especially women. Every single woman should know how to defend herself with the hopes of to use those skills. But you yeah. should know. And you don't know me, Tammy, but there's a whole level of when I say defense, it goes really deep. Because I had a father who would take me out in the woods and be like, if you're out here by yourself, can you hunt? Can you fish? Can you fight? Can you? I'm mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. What do you mean? He was like, I'm not always going to be here. You need to learn mm-hmm. how to defend yourself. And if I had daughters, it would be the I would train them the exact same way. I don't hope I I hope I never have to use those skills. But I also exactly. know if I had to defend myself or people I love, I wouldn't blink. I wouldn't hesitate. I wouldn't hesitate. And it wouldn't be a loss thing. It would be me being a tiger, me being a lioness. That's what they do. They protect their pride. Why should I be any different? But they don't go out looking for. You're not going looking for a fight, but you should be able to defend yourself. Absolutely, a hundred. DK's grandchildren can. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely. I agree with children that. Children can. I mean, even my mom to this day. I one. I think I was twelve, and I told her I wasn't gonna do something, and she's too old to hit me. Well, that was the day I learned how to Ooh. not just not just see what a punch looks like, but to take several. <laughs> yeah. I think I had I a mild concussion, but it was yeah. a good lesson. Because I learned your mouth can get you in trouble quickly. And then my mom said, this is why you, she goes, not with me. She goes, but this is why you always need to learn how to defend yourself. Because if you're going to have a mouth and you're going to say things, you're going to end up terribly hurt. She goes, but, you know, I wouldn't suggest you try defense moves on me. I, after a slight concussion, I was good. <laughs> you were good, Gus. I was good. I've, it's been 40, uh, 40 plus years and I'm still good. There you go. Bob and weed there. There you go. Bob <laughs> and weed. Mm-hmm. Or better yet, keep your mouth shut. Just, just keep your mouth there shut. There you go. That's right. I, too. I never lost my <laughs> mind like that. Yeah, don't do I just lost my don't mind. mind. I did. It was it was a, it was the influence of the school I was in and I watched those kids say things to their mom which I hate you. I should have known better. <gasps> I know. Yeah. I should have known better. I was not of I was not of that complexion connection. Oh, you was trying to be Karen. One minute you lost your mind. You said, oh, my name is Karen. Bob, I'm going to cuss. Yes. And you, and know, you came back to reality. Quickly. Yes. <laughs> and, has not, and I haven't left. And that's why when it comes to this topic, it's, it's a great topic because 
I'm a, I'm a very sensitive soul. I'm not one to fight. However, I've seen my friends protect me, at Andrea, things that when you are triggered, just protecting people, there are things you would normally not do, but you will do. I have done things to protect my nieces and nephews that I know wasn't a part of my everyday living. But when it came down to being a lioness, it's there. And you can't, no matter how much we like to say we are not going to do something or we would hope we wouldn't, as women, with or without children, but maybe with nieces or nephews or parents, it is something that is inherently part of our DNA to protect. Well, I tell you what, uh, growing up and going to high school with Greta, I definitely learned how to protect. <laughs> I was a sensitive soul. She was a sensitive soul. She was, but I always had your back, girl. Yeah, I cried a lot. I cried a lot, and it was it, it, it was it was okay because I was thinking I don't want to hurt anyone because I had a certain skill set, and I it was like you should use it. But at the same point in time, you were I was taught not to use it because you could really hurt someone. Yeah. But, you know, again, I, I cried more than I did everything, anything else, because I was always so angry. Angry tears are the worst one. So I did appreciate you. I did appreciate you showing me it is OK to express and defend yourself. Yeah. Express yourself and defend yourself. And, uh, you know, I think what one of the things that I did when I was working with young kids, I'm with high schoolers now, it's a little bit different approach. But when I was with elementary and middle school kids, one of the things that I would often tell them is, please know that it is okay to be angry. So never mm -hmm. let anybody stifle your feelings. It is okay to be angry. It's what you do with that anger. Mm -hmm. You're welcome for yeah. all of that training. Say it again. <laughs> You're welcome from all of that. Oh, yes. To me. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> I learned it well in high school. Yes, it is it's oh it is it is okay to be angry and yeah. you just have to figure out how to uh how to, to deal with that. that and yeah, yeah. and yeah, to how to channel be, it That's not right. to be impulsive because so many people are in places they don't they they wish they weren't because they were impulsive. Yeah, and their, I feel I feel bad with their anger and with that yeah don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, some some kids really don't have a choice, and it's Greta. You said it. It's all they know. Mm -hmm. This is the natural mm -hmm. reaction. Um, I I had a a big box. You know how Crayola makes those big boxes of crayons. So you have the uh, sixty four like, with the crayon with the sharpener in the back. No, yes. no, the kind <laughs> the no. kind you order for your no. classroom so that you have a hundred of each color oh. in the box. Oh, oh, you so, real deep. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that was, you know, that's how we would get our supplies. And so I had a box like that out in the middle of the room. And uh, these were a bunch of kindergartners and they were working on an art project. And this little boy was coloring. And he knew that the next color he needed was blue. Well, the person sitting next to him reached into a box and grabbed one of the 100 blue crayons. When a little boy saw the other child grab the blue crayon, he snatched the crayon out of the child's hand and says, no, I need that. And I knew because I, I, I knew his parents, I knew his situation, I knew where he was living. I knew that his parents were in a constant state of survival. They weren't living, they were surviving. And this is what he had witnessed. This mm -hmm. couldn't be the last. His mind could not comprehend that there were 99 other blue crayons. He just saw a kid take what he knew he needed. And it was all he knew because it's what he was it, it was what was being modeled for him, you know? So mm -hmm. if he doesn't come out of that situation and remains in that situation and this behavior is continued, is continually modeled by the adults in his life, then he has more of a chance of being a hothead. And, and, and those are the kids that I, really feel bad for 
because for them, fighting is the solution. It is not about being ghetto, as we say. It is about, that is their form of self-preservation. Um, it's what they've been shown. And they don't, they, they don't know another way. So I think that's another reason why we have to be so careful with our words. Because, I mean, if you didn't grow up in that environment or you don't have exposure to that environment, you haven't worked in it, you don't know where people are coming from and what their life experiences have taught them or neglected to teach them. So we have to be very, very careful about uh, judging. I mean, and that's what happened to the, the, the woman in the original um, story I told you guys. She was judged. She was looking for help. And she was beaten up um, even more mentally from the responses. Exactly. Yeah. Good point. You reached They chew you up and spit you out. Yeah. That's exactly what happened to her. She was chewed up and spit out. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why I feel really badly for all children who don't have impulse control because of ADD or ADHD. But I feel especially bad for brown and black children because they are instantly labeled as bad kids and ghetto. Right. And they have a yeah. mental illness. Yeah, that's true. They just don't, they can't control. If they want to hit you, they're going to hit you. I mean, who wants to put their two-year-old on medication? Right. But, you know, if you're not brown or black, you're, you need help. But if you are anything other, oh, my God, you're such a bad ghetto child. And yeah. that stigma stays with them. And they become what people tell them they are. Right. Right. So that's why I said we have, I agree, we have to be very, very careful. When you can walk away, when it's just you, no harm, no foul, that's fine. But there are times where you can't walk away. And exactly. you just have to remember for every action, there's going to be a reaction. You have to deal with the consequences of what you decided to do. My first statement when we came on the air was, I never go out looking nope. for that was my mm -hmm. very first statement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's well, enough crazy around us. We don't have to go looking for it, unfortunately. Right, right. Yeah. Ladies, you know, we've been talking for over an hour. Um, I have really been enjoying these episodes because you guys are such wonderful guests and you bring so much to the show. Uh, and I'm finding myself each week, unfortunately, having to cut us short because we have so much to say and the hour has gone by. But I do want to um, thank you again for coming on to another episode of The Blue Diamond. And I especially want to thank you for helping uh, my dream of being a podcaster uh, come to life. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, AK. You're welcome. And a thank you to my guests for tuning in once again. This is Adre <laughs> signing off. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And don't forget to tell your friends. And remember, you can always find me online at anchor.fm slash the blue diamond. You can also find me on the Anchor app, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify. Until next time, this is Adre signing off.